The Shadow Davis Show on 680 CJOB. So we've had many job cuts uh, in the province so far this year. Uh, Earlier this week, we heard 132 jobs were being lost from WRHA. Many of us have gone through this experience at some point in our lives or know somebody who has. And it takes a big toll on your confidence as we struggle to change uh, with that change in uncertainty. And and, uh, the chunk of who you are associated with what you do is amazing. So uh, to talk more about that, Dr. Joanne Unger, a psychologist from Clinic Psychology Manitoba, is in studio. Good morning, Dr. Unger. Thanks for coming in. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. So we're talking about job losses, and I'm sure you've spoken with people who struggle with this in the past. Uh, What's the big thing psychologically this does to us? Well, I think there's a number of things, and it probably depends on the person, but there's... um, An emotional loss is the first step. And I think sometimes people don't recognize that it's called job loss for a reason, Mm -hmm. that there's a grief process that happens. Do we go through all of these stages much like uh, other things? It can be similar. Yeah, for sure. Um, And there's lots of pieces of that that we have to grieve in terms of um, what we do in in the day our activity, a sense of meaning and purpose, maybe plans we had for the future, and also those relationships that we had with people. Um, and then the meaning that we make of it, right, in terms of how we think about ourselves, how we think about our plans for our life, what the what the job loss meant in terms of the circumstances, and that can take a toll emotionally. You know, I told this story yesterday, I think it bears repeating, a friend of mine uh, who had never before been fired, had never before lost his job, lost his job. And the difference in him was alarming, night and day. It was a full 180. He, he had lost his confidence in the way he walked, in the way he spoke. He wasn't combing his hair anymore or dressing the same way. How much of our sense of self is wrapped up in what we do for a living every day? Well, again, it depends on the person and I think on the socialization. So depending on um, how, what you've been taught about how important employment and job is to your identity. We have lots of parts to ourselves, but for some of us, it's a huge part of who we are. And so when that is gone or taken away, um, it's it takes a very big toll and needs some building up. So sometimes for some of us, um, we can have that grief period and we can jump back on the treadmill and keep working and keep going for of us or for others of us, depending on the situation, right? Yeah. It can take a really big hit and then it needs work and sometimes support and help. Yeah, we're talking to a clinical psychologist, Dr. Joanne Unger, about uh, job loss and how it affects us. So how do you get over it? Just go out and get a new job or you still have to go through a process, right? Yeah, for sure. Like I think there's some time that you need to give yourself to grieve that loss, just like you would grieve another loss. Um, but then getting up and getting moving as as soon as you can um, without you know suppressing what has happened to you or minimizing that is really helpful. So even if you know, that means setting up a schedule for yourself during the day where you get up at the same time um, and you're doing things that are productive um, towards getting a new job in every day. Also including things like self-care in your day or things that are nurturing um, while you're waiting for that time. And then also things that are make you feel, again, get you in touch with your competence. Yeah. So contributing in some way, even if it's volunteering while you're looking for a job, getting some projects done around the house that you meant to do, helping other people can be really uh, meaningful. So building up that part of yourself 
that you've lost in other ways while you continue that work of looking for a job can be really helpful for that self-confidence. What about the worry that we face with the lack of income, right? Absolutely. I mean, that we know we're going to go on EI and they're going to top up at least some of, yep. of the money that we were making, but not all of it. So now we have the stress involved of trying to get all the ends to meet properly and maybe having to eliminate some of the luxuries that we've given ourselves too, right? Absolutely. So um, in situations like that, I think about taking a two-prong approach. So one is some really practical problem solving. So you sit down with your budget and you look at what's going to come in and what's not. You cut the things that um, maybe you can do without for now. Um, and uh, sometimes that's really a really hard process. Um, it's you know, stressful. Absolutely. And then, so that's the problem solving kind of the action um, and sometimes people can avoid that piece because they're so worried and stressed. They say, oh, I just want to think about it, mm-hmm. right? I just want to avoid that. But it's really important to do that. And if it's if it's really overwhelming for a person to do that in little chunks, yeah. so not feel like you have to solve it all in one time. Yeah. And then there's the emotional coping. So really looking at what those worries are, um, maybe challenging them if they're not really realistic. Um, if they are, then doing some self-soothing, asking for help, getting support. <sighs> yeah, I know it's a big one. Yeah. There's so many people that won't ask yeah. for help, right? Yeah. And they just I, feel like they don't want to embarrass themselves maybe in that so, way. or what, what is the cause behind that? Not wanting to ask for help? Yeah. Well, partly I think it's cultural. I think we live in a society that um, really promotes independence as opposed to interdependence. Yeah. So we really think if we can't do it on our own, there's something wrong with us. And I think that is a huge lie. Oh, yeah. Um, I think we're interconnected and uh, interdependent beings. And we need each other, and especially during times of stress. And that is not a sign of weakness, and that is not a problem. That is something that is really, really important. What would you say about, and, and you know, you see certain workplaces where they're poisonous, and you see other workplaces where they're like a family, and somebody gets removed from that family. Would you recommend to the person that has just been removed from that family to stay in touch with those people? Because now it's going to be on a different level, right? Like you're not going to be talking about work all the time. And and if you are, it's just going to bring back the pain of, of being fired. Would you recommend staying in touch? And I know it sounds like a sweeping generalization. It probably is based on the person, but is, is that a recommendation for you? Again, the classic psychology answer is it depends. <laughs> so, for, okay. so if you, so I can, but I can, I can give more detail. Please do. Um, so if you have personal relationships already with that person outside of work, right. and that's a natural support for you and it already has been, that would make sense. Um, to continue that relationship if it's a if it's a natural thing that would happen anyway. Um, if the person, if that for the person who's left, if it is a difficult reminder for them to be honest about that and say, you know what, I need some space. Because it can be. For some people, it's not. For some people, I want to hear about what's happening at work. I want to hear about your life. That's okay for me. Mm-hmm. But for some people, exactly what you said can happen is like, this is a huge loss for me. I need some space. Yeah, we do make the mistake sometimes of, uh, you know, friend versus coworker, right? Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes those lines cross and sometimes a person is both. Yeah. All right, uh, Dr. Unger, thanks for coming in this morning and uh, taking the time to chat with us about this. I know a lot of people uh, are being affected by it, and I'm certain that your docket is filled with uh, people that want to talk about that kind of thing. So we'll talk again soon. And again, thanks for coming in and chatting with us this morning. You're welcome. Dr. Joanne Unger, a psychologist from Clinic Psychology, Manitoba. The Shadow Davis Show on 680 CJOB.